1: and subscribe to the podcast. Hello and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are on episode number three, talking about victimhood. And if you have not listened to the other episodes, I would definitely go back and listen to those first before we jump in here. um, Because there's a lot of really important context, I think, and an understanding, um, that when we say, Hey, maybe consider, um, this in your life, just check and see how you're feeling about this. If this might be showing up,
0: right.
1: we also want to couch that in terms of how many of you have had experiences where you've been victimized right. and that that is extremely legitimate
0: and that's been our challenge is how to talk about this in a way that we recognize legitimate victims while also talking about not getting stuck in it. Yes, exactly. So hopefully So
1: please go back and listen to especially episode yeah. number one if you haven't yeah. uh, if you haven't done that instead of jumping straight in here because I think we tried to make sure that that, that we really preempted our discussion. With exactly what David's talking about, like recognizing the trauma that people have gone through, and right while also being able to say, Let's check and see. I love that. Like, we don't want you to feel like you're in a stuck place with it because it really does affect your life when you do that,
0: right? And we want to recognize and not minimize, yes, what you've been through, which has been. When you're a genuine victim, really, really hard. Yeah. And it's it's like the quote (laughs) that the world breaks everyone and afterwards some are strong at the broken places. Everybody has excuse not to be strong after really hard things happen. And the only way, and you've heard lots of Sherry's history on this and so with the accident and things. The only way to be strong after these really hard things is for you to decide this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to be very deliberate and intentional, even though you've been victimized. Yes. And you have your own healing. We talked a lot about that in these first two episodes. Your healing is your responsibility. Yes. Even though it wasn't your fault what happened. And that's a really tough thing sometimes to separate, but...
1: Yeah, it really can be.
0: That quote from the last session about resentment that Mm -hmm. Sherry shared, I thought was really good. So bottom line, you've got to do the work of your own healing.
1: Yep. Even though it wasn't your fault that you were hurt. And I love what you just said about how intentional you have to be, deliberate and intentional. um, Because... That you can find these little tiny pockets of spaces where you're doing really great at not being a victim. And then you'll find these little pockets of spaces where you're like, yeah. oh, I can see, you know, if you're willing to go there and you're willing to mm-hmm. look and, and you're willing to to move forward. And that's really, you know, what we all want to do, hopefully, is to be continuously um, aware of ourselves and moving right. on and recognizing those spaces where we're stuck, um, and, and doing something about that so that we can live our best
0: right. lives. Which is the ultimate way out of victimhood yeah. is to recognize and use the power that you do have, Yeah, which you've always had, turns mm-hmm. out.
1: Yes. <laughs> and, and
0: often it's not until these kinds of things happen, Right yeah that you really find out who you are and what you're capable of and who you've always been yes and were that it were different but it's kind of not we have to do these hard things to figure that out often but so yeah, yeah. we talk a lot about that in the first two episodes the last episodes specifically are some of the things that might demonstrate yeah give you a little clue yeah. yeah so kind of a Think about what we were talking about. Does this fit situations? Do I believe this way? Do I think this way? Mm -hmm. And today's a little bit different. Today, we want to talk about why it just doesn't really work.
1: Yes, yes. Why we don't want to be stuck in a victimhood space, right? Right. I think because i think first of all we feel we can feel like it really helps yeah right we feel like oh man i i feel so much more i feel really strong i feel powerful um i feel safer right emotionally maybe even physically um you know when i can be in that victimhood space and um and i think uh it's helpful to kind of step back and look and say, okay, it might, you might have that sort of facade of safety and empowerment and all of that, but there's, it's actually a facade, right? It's not actually keeping you safe. It's not actually a power, a space of power to move into. It just looks like that. And, and really you're not safe at all. And there's a lot of negative consequences to that.
0: It's so tough, right? Because we talk all the time about when this stuff first happens or you learn of something really hard, you need that anger to set boundaries, to have a voice, to do some really important things. And sometimes we can get stuck there because it is empowering. Now I'm saying, hey, you may not do a thing. And I've never really said that before. And I'm feeling better Mm -hmm. and I am feeling safer. Um, and so we sort of keep going in that and now yeah. this is what I need to see you do and this is what you need to do. And we kind of stay in that, Hey, this is feeling good. This is feeling like I'm in control right. and we had to get there. So that's a good thing. Yes. I don't think without anger, you probably would never do anything.
1: Right. It's true. You, I think it's a big indicator that you need boundaries. You need safety and yes. And typically those clients that don't feel anger or not right. learned that they were not allowed to feel anger. Um, they don't get very far. Yeah, they don't get they don't get very far. They haven't had boundaries. They've let people walk on them. So it's it's a wonderful thing. And it's interesting, I think it's fascinating just how many of these different spaces we have to go through and have, yeah. right? To have that push for shifting and changing or whatever and then but we can't stay there we have to do this next phase and there's other pieces that you have to incorporate in or you get stuck personally you get stuck in relationships and or they start to go downhill you personally or relationships yeah because you haven't continued to make the growth it's like okay well you're on step number one but right the healing is way up here and you're going to sort of languish down here.
0: I love that. We've been talking, we, we more or less talk a lot about this in our podcast, but I have thought a lot about an episode just about levels like this. Mm-hmm. Kind of as a point of reference, maybe a lot of us are familiar with kind of a law of Moses, 10 commandments idea, Oh yeah, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And there's a place for that. And yes. there's also a higher law but yes. you can't let go right to the higher law because it's really... Unless
1: you have the foundational right, right. lower I mean, stuff.
0: You know, if somebody, somebody strikes you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek. That is very different from an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But it's like you have to start there. So yeah. maybe part of this victimhood and overcoming victimhood is recognition of levels and starting in a certain place, and as you move through these levels, it will change and look different and feel different.
1: Yes, yes, I love um, in some different groups that I've like been a part of or whatever. Watching people talk about how, and you watch new people come into the group and are le- just learning about boundaries and things like that. And typically, they have to start with very like rigid. Um, structured boundaries. Like this is exactly the thing I'm going to do if this exact thing happens yeah. and I can't budge on it. I, I This is just what I have to do because they're trying to figure it out. Um, and then further down the road as they've been practicing and doing boundaries and figuring out the nuances of like, am I doing this for me or am I trying to manipulate and control the other person instead of setting a boundary, right? And they've kind of figured some of those things out their boundaries a lot of times become more fluid because they're able to, instead of just having a set, this is my set reaction when X, Y, or Z happens, they're able to check in with themselves and check in with the environment that they're in and recognize a little bit better what's happening presently for them.
0: Right, yep.
1: Right, and so, oh, this time this feels different or this looks different or, you know, whatever. Okay. I can shift my boundary accordingly. Um, but if you don't have that practice of, of having the hard boundary of having it be okay, that you get to be treated well, right. 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 Then that softer, more flowy space never happens because you're not checked in with yourself or with the environment and you don't believe you're worth it enough to get to that place so you know we tend to see a lot more like boundary explosion types of things initially and you know as as therapists we work with you on that to make sure it's not too extreme but also that's sort Mm -hmm. of a normal process because you're trying to figure out and get the stability that it's i'm worth being treated well and there does need to be consequences for actions right right So yes, I love this sort of level place. Like where, if you've been there, that's not wrong. That's not bad. I love that you're saying that, David. It's just, we don't want to stop there. We don't want to just get stuck there because there is so much more
0: to it. It's a good beginning, but we can get stuck there. And I've seen so many times where somebody is genuinely doing really, really good And it feels like a moving target because now it's something else that needs to be exact and something else that needs to be exact. And it's almost, you know, there's no end to things that we would like to see for us to feel better. Mm -hmm. And we've gone so far, but it doesn't feel like we've gone so far or the behavior is very different than where it started. And yet there's the same reaction to behavior as in the very beginning with discovery. And so hopefully this is making sense. Um, And we do want to talk about, it feels good initially and actually is important initially. Mm -hmm. Um, We just can't stay there if you're in victimhood, it comes at a cost. Right. And here are some of the ways that it can end up limiting us from continuing to move or progress.
1: Yeah. Individually and in relationships.
0: Yep. So... You know, for starters, it just really doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. The idea is you're you're expecting others to make you happy or needing them to be perfect before you can be happy. Now, when you think about that, you have so little control over yes. what everybody else does, and, and I think everybody understands that that if that's where your happiness comes from, I mean, mm-hmm. if we go back to the affirmations, the fifth affirmation, is I am responsible for my happiness. And victimhood sort of contradicts that. Right. In fact, I've had people say, hey, I like these affirmations. I'm just, I don't buy into this fifth one. I've I've heard this. really. And it's like, that's so interesting. (laughs) You know, I am responsible for my happiness. Why would you have an issue with that? But that shows us, you know, the state of mind that we're in, which is okay. Everybody is in that place at times. But if we're resentful and angry it's a different situation. It doesn't motivate us to look for ways to make changes if we're unhappy. And I mean, that's almost, I guess, by definition, what victimhood is. Yes. But you have more power than you think. And Mm -hmm. ultimately not only you're responsible for your happiness, but for all your emotions, Yes. which is a really tough, okay, but I'm really hurting. I'm hurting because you did something. Okay. There's mourning and grieving because of loss. That's real. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have but more. But we don't want to get stuck. Again, right? it
1: all comes down you to like, more of course you you're do. going to yep. have angry responses. Of course you're going to be hurting. And also, and not a but, yeah. we don't want to get stuck there. Yep. So this is important. Grieving is important. Filling the anger and recognizing what needs to happen. okay. I need a boundary or I need, you know, this or that. I need to shift things around. like, But not getting stuck and not yep. getting resentful and angry um, and requiring others to do things to make you
0: right. happy. I'll be happy when. Right. When everybody around me is doing what I want and how I want it done. Yeah. Well, oh
1: or sometimes even one person. Like or one this person. one person <laughs> will do or be or whatever. I need to
0: see them doing all these things before I'm okay. Well, what if they're not there? What if they yeah. don't agree? What if they're still sort of in their own kind of state of shock, shame, mm-hmm. whatever's going on? Um, that's a tough place to be.
1: Yeah. Yes, it's a lot of taking your energy and... Flushing it down the toilet its kind of what I talk to my clients about. Like <laughs> Releasing energy down the to toilet. Get, yes, we're just flushing it down the toilet because we're just spending all this energy trying to get someone else to do something so that we'll be okay. Instead of taking that energy and that power and changing our circumstances, changing what's going on for us, processing through our emotions, reaching out, recognizing what is it that I need in order to move forward in a good way. Yep. So, okay, the next one is this concept that when we're in victimhood, um it forces us into these overgeneralized spaces. Right. Um these this cognitive um pattern of all or nothing thinking. Right. And we don't want to be stuck in that. So trust is all or nothing, safety is all or nothing. Um There's no like gray area or spaces where you can trust some things but not other things, or feel safe in some places but not other places. It kind of shoves everything to these extreme spaces. Yeah. Which is hard. Again, like, and I totally understand this concept of like, okay, someone is doing things that are harmful or hurtful. Mm -hmm. And where's that? line between like saying okay no this like it continues to hurt and so I need to set some boundaries here but also having space and a willingness to be open to them making mistakes as they're trying to get better right as they're trying to show up in different ways and so sometimes they're going to fail sometimes they're going to get defensive with you instead of being understanding. Sometimes they're... I mean,
0: you think about those are the same patterns that got them in the mess they're in in the first place. Why would they suddenly be really good at managing their emotions?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like they haven't
0: managed often... They haven't managed their emotions their entire life. Right.
1: (laughs) So... Yes, yes. And so being able to clue into some of those pieces. Okay, so where can I... trust them, where the areas that trust is acceptable or useful or helpful or...
0: And I have it. Yes. I mean, probably we're going to follow up this series of podcasts um, on another one, levels of of trust and safety and what that means. Mm -hmm. Because you'd be surprised how many people will say, uh, I'm not safe. And let's break that down. What does that mean exactly? Well, I'm not safe with him. What does that mean exactly? Is he going to hurt you physically? Well, no. Okay. So there's some safety physically. Well, yeah, but you know, he's going to maybe lie. Okay. So are we talking emotionally? You start to break it down and it's not so all or nothing, black or white, like we think. And even just those little differences can provide some cognitive dissonance enough that we start to see this differently, which is the goal.
1: Right. Right. Um,
0: But... Lots of levels, definitely can talk more about that. But that's the idea.
1: Lots of levels, lots of layers.
0: Not Um, all or nothing.
1: It's not, yeah, it's not all or nothing. I trust
0: you or I don't, period.
1: Right. And again, like that is 100% a trauma response, right? If you've been in a space where you have been traumatized or victimized, like that is the brain's automatic response. It does not have time. You know, again, if we're thinking um, evolutionarily, right? If you notice the bear, you know, you notice the claw marks on the trees around, then your brain is not going to be like... I wonder if those claw marks came from, you know, from yeah. a koala climbing, you know. Like, you look old. Yeah. Like your brain <laughs> isn't going to do that if you've just been recently attacked by a bear. Right. It is going to immediately respond, immediately go all or nothing. Like I am out of here this second, right? Yep. So we have that evolutionary um, protective space, right? And so as we're looking at this... Um, overgeneralization that is what your brain is designed to do when it's been traumatized but we have to work through and heal that space in order to move forward in a healthy way right you can't go through in your entire life like for me like i can't go through my entire life never coming within you know 20 feet of a car because i'm afraid it's gonna hit me and you know that's not going to be a useful, healthy place for me to be for my whole life. So you have to begin to heal from and learn the nuances of, you know, being able to back it down and go, okay, is this a healthy space or not, right? You have more space and time than you think you do because your brain is going right. to react automatically to the trauma, Right. but you aren't being chased by a bear, right? And especially when a lot of those, you know, distress and victimization and different things we've been talking about are emotional, you can create some space and then allow yourself to look at it. And um, one of the things that uh, Soraya says, who she's done some yoga stuff here at O and, um, and is working somewhere else now. But one of the things that she talked about is, is this a trigger or a truth, right? And being able to kind of pull that apart.
0: So we are coming back into this after recording the whole thing because it's so long that we want to break it up. Yeah,
1: we're going to break it up. <laughs> so uh,
0: we're going to try to do this smoothly. I don't think we've done this before. And, yeah. And, you know, it's okay if it's not that smooth. I think you'll get the idea.
1: Yeah. But so we... just, just join us for the next episode where we'll pick up right where we left off right here. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.